Hi, I'm Kalina. And I'm Peter. Welcome to Step Into Extraordinary. The podcast for go-getters, big dreamers, and overachievers. Join us as we discover what it takes to tap into the extraordinary. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Tap Into Extraordinary podcast. And this is, as you know, uh, a podcast for go-getters, entrepreneurs, people who are ambitious, people who want to tap into their own version of extraordinary. And this week we have another guest on the show, Polina and I, and this guest is actually connecting with us from across the pond over in New York. His name is Marquise Francis. He is a senior reporter and producer for Yahoo. Now, if you don't know Yahoo, Yahoo is a huge platform in the States. It's one of the biggest news outlets out here. And um, yeah, we're really excited to have him on the show. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I didn't know you all called it the pond as well. I thought that was just like an American thing, but that's that's dope. No, that's definitely a universal thing that we uh, that we used to reference here as well. So we appreciate you joining us. I know we've got a time difference, which is even more amazing that we're able to do this over Zoom. Uh, I think it's 10 p.m. out here uh, in the UK, and I know it's five for you um, over in New York. So first and foremost, why don't you give a brief overview to who you are, what you do, your background a little bit for us, please? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you both for having me. It's really a pleasure. I've never been interviewed by anyone in London, so this is amazing. Um, and just a little bit about me. Uh, I feel like it's like a job interview. So I want to start with just who I am as a person. Uh, I'm goal-oriented. I'm strong-willed. I'd like to say I'm empathetic at times, but I'm also the type of person who says, um, suck it up and let's, let's keep it moving because life is going to get hard at times. I also understand Certain things you can't suck up. You got to call it out as well. But um, in general, I just like to say I'm a God-fearing young man who likes to uh, lead with passion, uh, particularly for elevating marginalized voices. And so that's why it translates to my day job as a reporter and producer, where I travel around the country, the U.S., um, telling stories, telling stories about all kinds of people. Um, it particularly ends up being a lot about Black people just because that's just my kind of niche. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the newsroom in which I work at and then newsrooms across not only the US, I'm sure London and elsewhere, there's not a whole lot of representation. So um, for me to be in this position to be able to tell these stories, I think is a privilege. And I use that privilege as much as possible to really amplify marginalized voices, particularly black voices. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Minneapolis, um, right ahead of the one year anniversary of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And so just to be able to be there and communicating with community members as well as elected officials to really just understand one year later what has been done, what has not been done, really kind of encapsulates, you know, what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, whether I'm traveling or I'm in my living room, just like we are on Zoom, just connecting with people from wherever um, is really an amazing opportunity to tell these stories. So I do a mix of written, video, on camera, behind the scenes, um, just a little bit of everything, even a little XR recently. But um, yeah, this is this is my third job out of school. And then previously I worked at the History Channel. I think they have the History Channel out in London. Um, and then uh, before that, MSNBC, which is cable news. So uh, a little bit of different media, social media, I did a little bit of that. But overall, I just love telling stories. And then finally, this semester, I taught my first semester as an adjunct professor at Syracuse University, my alma mater. 
So um, just really just trying to say like, let's do it all. And that's kind of my mindset with life. If you have an opportunity, if you give me an inch, I'm going to take 15,000 feet um, because why not? Uh, and I think it always goes back to when I'm thinking of my ancestors and just black America, black people everywhere for so long, we've been like marginalized and, and told you can only do a little bit. So I just do my best to, to take over, you know, as much as possible. Uh, understanding though, at times I need to like slow down and pass the baton to someone else, but a little bit about me. Absolutely. Cheers for that. You've already packed in quite a bit there already, actually. Um, when you say do it all like that takes a massive box for me, certainly for my own personal journey, my own background, so on and so forth. I think, um, opportunity is everything. And sometimes when you don't have an opportunity or you're not afforded an opportunity, that opportunity becomes so much more valuable when you do finally get to it. And I, I do believe that it's our responsibility to make sure that we make the most of every opportunity that we actually have and every opportunity that we're afforded because there are plenty of people who don't have it, who wish that they would have access to that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the hunger for me. Like I can definitely relate to like seizing opportunity, like taking up space. I think it's powerful. And like the things that you have achieved, like for three jobs later, teaching at your former university, that is how many people can actually say that. So it's super, super impressive. So I guess that leads on to the next question. So at the age of only 29, which is mind-blowing honestly how does one become a senior reporter and producer for yahoo teaches at your former university what would you say are some of the secrets that got you that career success and got you to where you are now what do you think were some of those secrets valuable lessons that you picked up on the way absolutely i appreciate that question um and number one, I don't take any of it for granted. You know, if you if you meet me, I am the most happiest, probably confident person you will meet. And I think for some people it could be off-putting, but I know that none of this is because of my own doing. I know a lot of people before me who laid the groundwork and did so much for me to have these opportunities. I, I believe in God. So every single, the fact that I'm speaking right now is because of God. So I don't take that for granted. My faith is important. Um, and then, you know, if you believe in God as well, this is terrible. My mom would kill me, but there's a scripture that says like faith without work is dead. And basically you could have all of the talent in the world. You could have all of the opportunity in the, in the world, but unless you do something with it, nothing's going to happen. So I'm a big proponent of that. And I think at every stage in my life, I'm the type of person who presses the issue at times, probably too much. But, um, you know, coming out of school, my first job was at MSNBC, which was dope. I worked at Rockefeller Center in New York City. For a lot of people, that was like, I made it. But um, very quickly, I realized the task that I was given, you know, to do social media, be it write a little bit for the show, it just got really mundane and really boring after a bit, you know, and, I, and going to one of the top communication schools in the country, I'm like, I could just be doing so much more. So um, it was just a matter of me not shutting up and me kind of continuing to press on the issues. One of the things I would say for people, and this may work for some, it may not work for everybody, so I do it with caution. Sometimes you have to be brave enough to just do things that you know are probably wrong, not wrong, but 
maybe would be looked down upon and, and just have the audacity in a sense to do it anyway. For instance, I remember back at the internship, um, you know, I was an intern, so you're, you're in school and you're not really supposed to necessarily like meet with certain people. And at the time I emailed Lester Holt, who's a big time news anchor here in, in uh, the US. And I was just so excited, black news anchor. I emailed him, I met with him for five minutes and it was the most amazing thing ever. And my internship, my supervisor happened to be on the same floor. And she was like, oh, what are you doing up here? And I'm like, oh, I remember Lester Holt. It was amazing. Like, I'm so excited. And she was just like, oh, yeah, don't do that again. Like, you're an intern. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. And I remember being like, oh, okay. And I went back to my desk and emailed somebody else, you know? And, and that's just kind of the, the mentality I have because people are constantly going to kind of put their own blockers and their own shortcomings on you. And I think it's your job to push past it. And in that instance, if I didn't email Lester Holt, I would have had a normal internship with everybody else, came in there and did my X amount of job, even though nothing came of it per se. For me, it was the motivation to be able to see another black man reach, you know, in the media world, the height, the highest of heights. And for me, it, it's that constant motivation that keeps me going today. Um, and I can even remember another example in my current job where I was doing traveling all over the country, doing sit down interviews. I thought I was killing it. Um, and then there was a transition where they were like, I had co-bosses and then one boss became like the top dog. And then I had a sit down with this manager and the manager told me, you know what? You're not going to do that anymore. You're going to go back to just doing things in the office, these, these simple videos. And I was like, hold on. And another example, I could have stopped, shut up and just did it. But I didn't take that. So I said, okay. And I, it hurt my pride a bit. I used like two days and I said, hey, I would love to have a follow-up meeting. And I came back with a list of 15 story ideas and said, pick one. Let me show you that I can do this. And if I don't do it well, I'll shut up forever. But if I do, let me do this. And I think it was once again, that audacity that she was even caught off guard like, whoa, uh, okay. And I just made sure that time, that next opportunity I had, I, I knocked it out the park. So um, I think it's just having that audacity and picking and choosing your spots. I think those are two examples out of just a slew of things in life where anytime anyone gives me a crack in the door, I'm trying to figure out ways to run through it. And I also want to say I am not the best at everything and I don't care. I'm still going to put in the most effort, right? I'm writing an article right now. I'm not the best writer, but I'm going to keep writing them and I'm eventually going to get better. I'm not the best interviewer, but I'm going to keep interviewing until I get better. I think sometimes people get in the way of them, their own selves by limiting yourself. And I'm just a big proponent in just pushing, pushing, pushing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I've gotten to where I'm at. I, I won't say each, um, step in my journey has been like systematic and, oh, I painted it out this way. Cause that's not it at all. Um, my first job, I was at MSNBC as a production assistant, which is you're in the bottom floor. Mm -hmm. And after two and a half years, I realized, okay, I, I want more. And I was a full-time role. I left that to go to the History Channel for a contract role. So that was just me betting on myself. I did social media for a while, killed it, in my opinion. <laughs> and But that job, out of nowhere, just ended. It was a contract role. So... Yahoo came around when um, they were looking for another contract role and it was doing text on screen video, something super simple, super mundane. I did it two months in. It was super simple. I said, hey, let me go out and just interview people on the street. 
And then that has kind of snowballed into me now sitting down and interviewing people, traveling all over the country. That contract role turned into a full-time role, super involved, um, as you both know, in our employee resources group at my job. Once again, another opportunity just to get out there. Um, just being able to have the opportunity to just talk to people um, who are leaders and they know who I am so that when there are issues arise, it's like, oh, shoot, Marquise is emailing us. Let's do this. because I'm tired of him. You know, I want you to be tired of me. I want you to be tired of me, but tired of me in the way that you respect me. Right. Because I'm not going to be blowing steam. Um, I may fire off five emails, but those five emails are packed with just goodness. Like, I don't know, I'm thinking of mac and cheese and fried chicken right now. It's just packed <laughs> with mac and cheese and fried chicken, you know? Um, and that's just the way to live life. And don't get me wrong, I, I love to have fun and everything's not about work. Like, I'm probably 80% fun, 20% work. But that 20% work is, is going to be a hard 20. So, um, yeah, so today I'm a reporter and it just was the audacity just to bet on yourself and just keep going. Cause why not? So it sounds like to me, you don't, you don't take no for an answer. Really. You kind of like, you'd like to test the barriers, the boundaries of what the limits are. I would, would say you... there's no barriers, the boundaries for Marquis. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my, my question, my question was going to be, do you see yourself as a disruptor or would you say that that word or that description doesn't necessarily describe you adequately? I'm a disruptor, but it's a disruptor with a comma, right? I'm a disruptor. I'm a rebel. I'm a friend, a, a son. I'm a ally. I'm, I'm, I'm so many things. Um, advocate. But I think this, I think being black in America, I think being black in this world is a disruptor, right? For someone who speaks up for themselves, being anyone other than a white straight man in this world is a disruptor. Being a woman is a disruptor, right? And I think it's a matter of what you do with it. And in corporate America specifically, or I don't know if you call it corporate London, there, there is, do you call it corporate London? Yeah, we call it corporate as well, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. The language and, is so um, similar. It really, really is. So close to each other. I think, um, like um, New York is London on steroids. It's literally just bigger buildings and bigger portions okay. of everything. So but it's really the same. <laughs> Okay, I'm doing too much with the, with the difference then. Um, I think you could go through life and make people comfortable. And that's a boring life to me. <laughs> or you could go through life and make people uncomfortable. But once again, uncomfortable with strong reason. I think there's a difference. I think, I think there's some people who just talk to talk. I think there's some people who ask questions just to ask questions, but then there's certain people who ask questions with intent, right? In any corporate space, you know, I love the diversity and inclusion efforts that you're doing at any XYZ company, but why are, are there all white men on the executive the level? Yeah. Simple question, right? Yeah. Of course, people will get stumbling and, but, uh, well, we're working, uh, but, but, okay. One year later, you said you were going to devote all this time, energy, and resources. Why is there still no one? Right? And then you can go even deeper. Okay. you All, all those things included. Um, now I'm pointing out some other issue. Why is that? And I just love asking questions and leaving it as that. Right? I love to see people kind of get in that backpedal stance. 
particularly, you know, executives. I mean, these people are paid a lot of money and a lot of them still have work to do in a lot of areas. You know, particularly I can talk on, I can talk on, I mean, I think anybody can talk on race, but I can talk on race just so comfortably because it's what my life has been. I grew up in a super white town in North New Jersey and I went to a white university, but I joined a black fraternity. So my entire life has been kind of playing in different fields. So I feel comfortable navigating in all of it, but not everybody has had those experiences. So all of a sudden when you have a black man who isn't an executive by any means, but who has the audacity to ask questions to certain people who get paid a whole lot more. Um, it's all of a sudden like, dang, who is this person? But the questions are asked in the right venue, you have to respond. And then all of a sudden now you start to get that, um, I don't know, recognition or, or, or just you're just known as that person who asked those kind of disrupting questions if we're going back to that. So I'm just all about asking the right questions, making people feel uncomfortable. If that's called disrupting, I'm king disruptor. Um, but I just think I'm so much more because I think you can't just disrupt, right? I think at a certain point you have to channel that disruption into some action, into some something else. I think, you know, if you do if you do disrupting, then you have to do twice as much action. But yeah, I'm I'm all of that and more. See, everything you just mentioned there, you and I could speak about for hours. I mean, I have my own very unique experience of corporate world, um, working through the ranks. Um, becoming an exec in a Fortune 100 company, that was a journey that was filled with milestones and challenges and barriers and obstacles that you have to power through. You kind of get to the point where you have to learn how to navigate, when to push, when to pull, uh, when to be aggressive, when to be passively aggressive, all of those kind of things. Now that you've made it where you are, this is the next question. How do you pay all of this forward for the the generation and others coming behind you? Um, paying it forward is once again the reason why why I am where I'm at today because other people have paid it forward. So one of the first things is is just as much as possible not saying no when people reach out. Um, once again, going back to Lester Holt. Um, Example, this guy who now is the face of nightly news on NBC. I'm not sure. Did they show that out in London? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he's he's big time. He's I guess he's worldwide. And the fact that he took and he canceled twice, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't do it. He said, Hey, I have five minutes before I have this show. Come by. The fact that Lester Holt, you know, took the time, you know, I was probably a sophomore in college to to just chat with me. I think is is the reason why I, there's just not many people or things that I can say no to, right? And I think, especially when it comes to a conversation, right? There's certain things that take more of uh, effort and in, in, in uh, more of a relationship. But um, paying it forward is where I'm at today. I mean, the reason why I got the Syracuse adjunct role is because I just was involved with Syracuse. Um, I'm not super, Mr. Super alumni, but. I know that there wasn't a whole lot of black people for me to look up to when, when I was in the communication school. So I just stay involved 
so that when the new um, graduates are coming through, they see, oh, there's another black man out here doing this thing. So then when an opportunity arose for me to pitch a course, they were like, oh, Marquise, do you have any ideas? We have a new dean. <laughs> of course I got an idea. I made something up and that turned into the class. Um, but I'm, I'm just too, I'm just always involved with things, uh, whether I'm, so I'm teaching, you know, young students, that's part of paying it forward. I'm involved with a number of organizations or something in New York, or I think it's around the U.S. It's called uh, iMentor is what it's called. So iMentor, I had a, a high school student that um, I started out with him freshman year. We, we, we meet once a month, which doesn't sound like much, but I just feel as though the fact that I live in New York, I have to do something. I have to help mm -hmm. somebody. So I help out with him. I had had one student and then he ended up transferring out of the school. So I got a second student, but I stayed in contact with the first student. So I go to his basketball games, check in with him. How are you doing? Second student's doing this thing. Um, any internship program I've ever been a part of, I'm always involved in their alumni events, hopping on virtual or in-person panels. Uh, I just try to be as accessible as possible um, because I think that is how you pay it forward. I think it's important just to be visible, to be present. Um, yeah, and then I, and I just feel like me telling black stories is paying it forward every day. You know, I just, there's so many stories out there. If Marquise is writing it, I'm gonna tell a black story because a whole lot of people writing a whole lot of other stories. So we're gonna focus on black stuff. So those are just a few of the things I can think of top of mind. Yeah, I think representation is is absolutely key. Um, and I think that's universal, whether you're in the States or in the, in the UK, um, you have to see people like you in a, in an industry or in a sector for you to, or the kids, I should say, to understand that it's also possible for them. Cause it's very easy within the communities that we grew up in to feel dis, you know, disenfranchised, uh, like this isn't possible. This isn't something that, you know, is attainable for me. Um, and there seems to be a lot of the time, uh, these set uh, kind of uh, paths that we are supposed to take, music, sports, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that that representation is just so important. Absolutely. Representation is everything, right? I mean, it's the difference between knowing you could do something and, and not. I don't, I don't know if London's ever had a, I don't even know what you call it, a prime minister or president, but obviously what Barack Obama meant to, to the U.S. and probably people all over the world was unbelievable. You know, I think just him being in that position itself meant so much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think the fact that we're represented in so many arenas when it comes to sports and entertainment, I keep that top of mind to be representative in this space of media. Um, just because I don't know of a lot, right? I mean, because I'm in this industry, I do know of like local news folks and some folks, but there's just not a lot of us. I mm -hmm. probably know a good amount and that's not a good thing. So I just would, I just want to always be a representation um, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if anyone is not convinced yet, might as well seal it off with this question. What does extraordinary mean to you? Hmm. Honestly, I think the way the world is right now, I think extraordinary is walking in your purpose and, and truly living happy and free. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that means something different for, for so many people, but 
and I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but once again, I, my mind just immediately goes to like current events, but like Naomi Osaka, and I know that's kind of an international event. She just withdrew from the French Open. I'm, I'm not sure the right yeah. names, but because of her mental health. And to me, that is what freedom looks like. I mean, granted, she has all the money in the world. She doesn't need any more money. She's one of the top tennis players in the world, if not the top. And she chose herself over anything else, right? And her withdrawing from a competition, it's not like she beat out 50,000 people. It's not that she beat a man and did it. She protected her mental health. That's extraordinary, Mm. right? Um, a janitor who who does his job so he can feed his family every day um, and doesn't, you know, expect anything from it. That's extraordinary, right? Of course, there's the, also the Oprahs of the world and Elon Musk. Those are extraordinary as well. But I think extraordinary is being happy and being at peace because there's a lot of people who have done a lot of great things and they're not happy or they're not at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's all I want to do in this, this world. I mean, once again, you go back to the first question, like, who am I? I think one of the first interview questions you get from a job is like, what do you want to be in five or 10? Or not one of them, maybe not the first, but <laughs> what do you want to do in five or 10 years? My real answer is I want to be happy and be able to provide for my family and just be able to travel, right? But I know in their mind, they want to make it you fit into what they have. So I have to tailor my answer for what they have. But the true answer is I just want to live a happy and free life. A, a life, I don't have any children, but a life where my children don't have to worry about playing with their friends up and down the street because something could happen to them, you know, or me worried about I'm in a certain neighborhood because not enough resources. So people are now mm-hmm. fighting and doing a bunch of stuff. So um, achieving just that, that peace, that's extraordinary to me. That's kind of deep. I'm not gonna lie. That's kind of deep. <laughs> and you know, and that is the purpose of this of this podcast. I think you know we do live in a society now with. I mean, social media is great, right? It connects people. It keeps you up to date. With what's going on? But I think that social media certainly um, perpetuates what social media's definition of extraordinary is. And a lot of the time, it is you know, fabulously rich, billionaire, millionaire. You know, doing all this this stuff. And I always try to kind of say to people, the purpose of this podcast is to distill down what it really means to you as a person outside of all the noise of social media. And what you just described there is a very uh, human uh, reaction to or answer to a very fundamental question that I feel that we all need to kind of know the answer to from a personal level, because I think that essentially becomes the North Star to everything that we do in life. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Marquise. I think it was, if someone is not inspired already to be more bold and audacious, I don't know what will. So uh, thank you so much for sharing it with us. But um, I think it's extremely powerful what you have achieved is, I mean, I don't want to say out of this world because nothing is outside of this world as long as you aim high. So it's just very inspirational. And I'm sure like, everyone around you I can already feel like your energy and your hunger for life and to like seize every opportunity just talking to you for like half an hour uh I can only imagine how that energy translates into what you do the people around you the projects that you're involved in so I think we need more people like you in this world uh so thank you so much for like sharing all your like 
lessons and like your journey with us because I think even if one person that hears this feels like they are braver to go and ask for what they truly want tomorrow than we've done a good job and do the opposite of what their whatever senior figure tells them not to do because I think that right there was a real touch and when you said it it made me laugh because actually not a lot of people would actually do that you're not supposed to go do that well they're going to go do it anyway and that really is the definition of courage and just doing what you feel is right following your gut so really do appreciate it I think a lot of people may try to do it, but imposter syndrome is real. And they, as you said, they'll put their own barriers on like what is possible for them or what they should be doing because the word said you shouldn't do that or like your boss said you shouldn't do that. So I think anyone that is able to like get beyond that and just ignore it, put it aside for the sake of chasing their purpose um, should be celebrated. I appreciate you all having me on and, and for the folks listening, it's, it's just keep, keep, be creative, keep dreaming and, and just don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do because um, they're really just projecting what they can and can't do. Uh, so man, this life is, we only got one life and we're going to be here for a finite amount of time. So might as well just do it all. That's a beautiful note to end on. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll be back again next Monday. Until then, have an amazing week. And remember, don't be afraid to tap into your version of Extraordinary.